Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball with me, Joe, and Sam, as always. Uh, we are two weeks into the NBA season, so we're going to dive into the biggest surprises so far um, and overachievers and underachievers, that sort of thing. So, Sam, um, should we start with the Brooklyn Nets? It's pretty, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's what we've done the last two times we tried to record this, so. Yeah, it seems like we should try that. Um, yeah, well, they just fired their head coach, which, I mean, it's very surprising, but also ridiculous. It's what I think is, is six or seven games since they they declared their undying support for him or whatever after KD tried to get him fired. Yeah. I just the whole thing is like a complete disaster. Yeah, maybe they should have just fired him in the first place. If they were going to fire him now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with you. Is like, so if it took, if this is all it took, pull the trigger on firing him. Then why not just do it when? Um, I guess you kind of get into this like over the top player power then or whatever. Um. There's also like a genuine question about whether they should just ditch Kyra um, on like moral grounds as much as anything, given recently. But then they hire Ime Doka, and it's like, well, maybe the moral grounds just don't matter to them. Um, so I don't. It's like it's basically impossible positive resolution to this whole situation. Ben Simmons is not playing again. Um, for like injury management reasons, when he was playing, he looks like as devoid as he was at the end of his time with the Sixers. And I, I like if they did get to the playoff, you would just bring someone in to foul Ben Simmons over and over again and make him shoot free throws. You'd just like, I, I can't see why you wouldn't do that other than like being nice. Why? Yeah. Um... I think it's just really quite amazing how short amount of time they're kind of... I mean, from the off-season where it looked like this is it, they're going to have to trade uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Then it was okay, they're, they're not going to. Maybe they're contenders again. And how quickly it's actually just now, actually... It doesn't matter that they didn't trade them. Like, they're still just a complete disaster. Yeah, and I also don't... Like with the Adoka thing, I don't get why they could have if they wanted to. Um, yeah, the fact there was a honeymoon period of this new big three is, like you say, is kind of kind of incredible. Add it all is like that. There's also like schedule time of year for everyone, but they've they've had like bad losses already, and it looks. Like the offense just has no space at all because if you play Simmons with bigs, who doesn't shoot, even like Durant and Irving go in there when there's like four other people just standing by the hoop. Yeah, I mean they lost, they lost to Indiana a couple of nights ago. Not bad by nine. Yeah, like that. Some of the others, to be fair, were good teams. But also, if the Nets are meant to be a good team, they should win some of those games. 
I mean, like it was like that. They lost to Dallas. Like they've got Doncic, but I'm not expecting Dallas to be that amazing this year. Um, and they lost really heavily to the Pelicans on opening day. Twenty-two. I mean, points. that was a that was like bullying because they. I mean, Zion was not quite his best, thankfully, or they might have lost by fifty points. But just like the Pelicans could just get every single rebound. Yeah, I mean, offensive rebounding numbers in that game. Being the problem with the Nets all year, though, is they can't grab opponent misses it, and that's a problem, really. Is, at basketball. This, is this basically the thing of this this kind of genius idea of Ben Simmons as a five? Is this the issue with it? Do well, it's that and that they're bigs. If they're playing with a big, the offense is offense isn't great. If they play just him, they're tiny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work at all. Um, I don't really know where this goes. I would, if I had to put money on it, and it was like evens on KD asking for a trade before the deadline now, again, because the way this looks like they're going to be like not close. I didn't great because I just thought there was too much downside with this group of players, and how this goes like really really wrong from here now I think sort of maybe ball playing kind of thing yeah I mean I guess the thing is this stage of the season stuff there's always a lot of time to turn around isn't it even if they're not in a great season by the halfway point not in a great position by the halfway point you can still turn it around but it's not they were meant to be trending you know up at this point, like this was at least meant to be, like you say, the honeymoon period, the very least of this kind of new group. Or may- maybe they'll have a honeymoon period under the new coach, who knows? But it's just everything's go- going wrong constantly with the Nets. It's difficult to see them really being a proper contender, like with this group of players. I, only, I think if you just throw personalities together that they have at various different points, it kind of shows how to make that work with that group of people. Um, and I don't know how people are who they are. I saw, I think it's Kyrie Irving's season now and his ninth different coach. I want for his career. I think that was it, yeah. It's basically like. I mean, that not entirely on him. I think some of those were maybe LeBron pushing for changes in Cleveland and things. But this is not a group where... Like, that is the biggest scapegoat thing you've ever seen. This gets put on Steve Nash. Yeah, he's not necessarily Phil Jackson, but he also... What you're meant to do here. Yeah. You're firefighting the the media all the time rather than, like, anything else. Yeah, a lot of it isn't even like on the court stuff is the issue, isn't it? So much of it is beyond that. Yeah, and that's not going to change, is it, basically? <laughs> no, you wouldn't have thought so. Um, maybe on a similar vein, we should talk about the Lakers. Um, yeah. Not that I mean they're not. Again, 
not a huge surprise they're bad, but like one and five currently. Um, I mean, that was they won the last game as well. So they, they were they were zero and five. Um, it's kind of yeah. They they didn't look like they'd built a good roster, but you kind of thought yeah, with LeBron and AD they're going to be like good enough. Um, I mean, we see where it goes from here, but really, they're like, I don't know, what, when you start that badly, it's you have to start thinking about, like, are we even going to be like, competitive this year? Or do they like, stop trying already? In which case, um, does that mean, like, you're not even talking about the Russell Westbrook trade anymore, you're talking about bigger stuff than that? I think that that is, I don't think they can trade LeBron because he signed that extension. This is like a really weird trade asset if they were going to go down that route. Um, they can't really write off the year. No. Well, now their own pick. They've got a pick swap with the Pelicans. They can't try and get Wemba Nyama. So, that does And I just... They also, again, I mean, like you said... They basically wrote off last year, didn't they, too? Was it last year? Pardon? Did they write off last year? Last year, they were really bad, uh, Basically. Yeah. So, I mean, the other thing is, yeah, writing off two years in a row. I mean, even though LeBron's ancient now it's like does he really want to be on a team that's like not going to be competitive like it's one thing last year it being a disaster and being like okay we're going to sort ourselves out and go again next year and if this year it looks like it's turning to the same thing it's like you know maybe uh, maybe he doesn't finish his career as a Laker well this is where I think we're getting to a bit of a test of like how much he's going somewhere else really unless of course they do swing one of these other trades uh... sorry a couple of tef- technical difficulties there um, but we're back now um, so Sam the Lakers I believe is where we were yeah we're somewhere in the Lakers and then the internet went and then everything broke yeah, um, and this really shows how much we are editing and put into these, because <laughs> uh, that is all staying in. <laughs> well, luckily it didn't have all of us talking about how bad the internet was and the connection dropping out. Yeah. That would be really not trying with editing. Yeah, I cut, cut that bit out. Um, yeah, I think we, I think we're basically on um, that they had like waste a year last year, and what they're going to like do that again? I mean, it feel, I know it's kind of everything is qualified by it being early still but I don't that doesn't really feel like an option they're not going to tear it down because they're the Lakers and it doesn't really work to tear it down either and I've heard a lot of like their roster is so bad that like one trade isn't going to fix it but also it depends like what it's always going to be can they win the title because LeBron's there and again it's the Lakers it has to be a title Maybe they should make a trade so they don't like humiliate themselves. Once they get into the playoffs. 
And but you've got a chance then if they make a trade that makes them like like gets them two three players who are like complementary pieces around LeBron and AD. Then it's like well we've seen our stuff can fall. Like yeah. you you beat one team that's injured, the next team gets an injury mid series, and oh my god, we're in the conference finals. Yeah. And they've still got two got guys who are like right up there. Well, supposedly. And I feel like yeah, it links to one of the other teams I was going to talk about uh, maybe a little bit later with the Pacers. That's like the most talked about one and the most interesting package for Westbrook, the healed Turner thing. Yeah. I don't think that makes them like a title contender by any stretch. But it gets them closer, like a lot closer. Yeah, I mean, to be honest... As we said in, um, before the season quite a bit, it's kind of about if they can get rid of Westbrook as much as anything else. Because when they've got Westbrook, they're having they're using him all the time. Um, I don't know. I've not actually managed to watch them much so far. I've not like watched any like full games or anything of the Lakers. So I don't know. Maybe something else is the problem. But my assumption is that Westbrook being on the court all the time. Is well, not they don't helping Qatar functioning offense. No one else can shoot or defend as well. That's the other thing. Um, and they've when they've used him off the bench, he had like a good game. Was it the I think it was the Timberwolves? He actually had like played his role a bit better, had a decent game. But it's also like the problem is with a salary cap is if you're paying that amount of money for someone to do this, like. Like, can't shoot, but coming off the bench, making some plays, driving to the yeah. rim. That's that's an enormous amount of inefficiency, roster building-wise. And that's some of the issue, is that because they've got his contract, LeBron and Davis, the other guys they've got are on are just, like, kind of what you can get without being too cruel. They've not got those, like, little smaller contracts to put the complementary pieces around them. And the no, problem I've so. got with the healed Turner thing really is that Turner is never available. You made that trade for this year, and it's like, oh, but he's never healthy. So you get him and then he's injured and AD's injured. So like, oh, that doesn't work either. Yeah, it, it's almost, um, yeah, not necessarily going to get like consistency out of those guys, I guess. Like guys they can rely on necessarily, but. Gets rid of Westbrook, I suppose. Um, but it's, it's very kind of hypothetical as well. You don't even know if the Pacers would do something like that. No. Um, and other like the idea that maybe another deal comes up from somewhere, I just feel like is a bit fanciful. Partly because the Lakers' position negotiating for a trade like this is getting worse. Yeah. The, like the the more games they play badly and the further they fall off the pace, the less leverage. Not that they really had any leverage to start with, but like they, they were already everyone knew they were under pressure to make some sort of deal, and then it becomes like well, you have to make this deal. Yeah, I don't know. That from my point of view, I think they just you might as well write them off this year again. I I don't know. I can't see. Can't see it. Do you not think? Well, but write them off in what sense? So even if they made a trade. Well, no, may, yeah, if they made a trade, sure, maybe they can approve. But I, I just can't see what trade they can make. I guess that pace is one of the idea, but they they have to go up picks and stuff, don't they? Really. 
that. But if the if the alternative is like you just like suck and don't have yeah, and the I mean, I'm not saying they picks. shouldn't do that. Like, maybe they should probably just give up, you know, as many picks as the Pacers want to do that trade and get rid of Westbrook. But they also should have done it before the season started. The, the trouble is, even the stuff they've got around them at the moment isn't like right. I mean, it, they've obviously shot the ball historically badly, but even the pieces, if they made that trade, regardless of the health concerns, regardless of the fact that they like they would still have perimeter defense issues, the other pieces like still perfect. Beverly healed LeBron, Davis Turner. That's like that's it. But then the rest of it, you're yeah. still sort of like, I don't know, like that, no that's depth. not. It's not, and it's not really getting you very far. I think that group, if you played a full season with it, maybe is top six. But the way this has looked so far is like they're not going to be top ten in the West. No, that. Yeah. They're not on a good trajectory. We can say that. I mean, yeah. Probably enough about the Lakers. To be honest, we talk about them a lot, and it's still the same problem. They're still rubbish. It's last year, I think, really. Um, Can we walk across Staples Centre? Sure. Not not literally. Yeah. No, that'd be quite a long walk from here. Um, to a team where, like, no one thought the Lakers were going to be that good this year. As constructed. The Clippers, again. Again, everyone did this. They're the favourites out of the West. We all did this again. We all played that game. Oh, the Clippers on paper. The on-paper Clippers. Kawhi is now going to miss six games with this knee load management thing. Or I can't even remember which injury it is now. Um, Paul George has had quite a lot of very bad games. And it just feels a little bit like... So either they're doing like very, very cautious, even by like the Raptors standards, Kawhi load management... Or there's actually a problem there. It feels a little bit like that bubble season where it was all, oh no, it'll all come together when they get to the playoffs. And you put all these people on the court that's like not even met each other. And all of the depth is like great in everything. And then you call it, it is really good, but you don't actually need to have like 12 NBA players when it gets to the playoffs anyway. That's meant to help you in the regular season. And they kind of think, well, as good as all those guys are, their third best player, I'm not even sure who it is. And actually, their third best player is a lot worse than the other contenders' third best players. Yeah, definitely. It's what, like, well, Marcus Morris or something. <laughs> or, or like Moore. Norm Powell or Zubach or like, they've got loads of guys that are great, sort of, maybe like fifth to seventh players on a roster or maybe fourth like depending on how harsh you're being yeah but when and when your two guys are massive injury risks who are not going to play a lot of the season yeah not going to end up necessarily the great seed and also uh Kawhi is missing games already isn't he I, i'm just concerned yeah i'm concerned about the Kawhi thing is like do if he needs to load manage this much now well, I know we've, we've joked about this before. Like, at what point does it get to, like, he just doesn't play the regular season at all? Yeah. Because um, I, 
his is kind of this level he's just had his he's just had eighteen months off. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it doesn't look great really that. Um or it could just be part of them being really cautious, but you can't really know, can you? Never really know what's actually going on with those injuries all the time, or not injuries, they might say. Um yeah. yeah, and that's kind of what's scary, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so this is meant to be surprises. This this podcast. What what surprised you about the Clippers that they've? Um, I think I was skeptical about some of this stuff, but I think that they that they've started quite like this is a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're three and really... four, and they've lost some bad ones. They've lost a couple to OKC heavily. They lost by a lot to the Pelicans, but that wasn't the real Pelicans. They beat the uh, Rockets narrowly. That was the Pelicans with Najee Marshall and Trey Murphy starting. Okay, so that wasn't even the proper ones, and they lost them heavily. Okay, that's not a good look. Um, and obviously they lost to Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix have been good. They they only scraped past Houston last night. Again, it's like, oh, Kawhi wasn't playing. But it's like, well, but how much is Kawhi actually going to play? If he's not going to play like any regular season games, then we have to but, judge the Clippers on when he doesn't play. That's like the team we're yeah. going to see most of the time. Yeah, right at the bottom on offensive praying as we're recording. Which, um, their offense has kind of been... a a bit weird for a while. So they're dead last in free throw attempts, again, like they always seem to be. They don't get any offensive rebounds. And they don't shoot many threes. So, like, the easy points from putbacks and the kickouts from offensive rebounds aren't there. They don't get the cheap points at the line. And they don't shoot a lot of threes. You're just like, well, that's not... Like, maths-wise, that doesn't really work to win basketball games. Unless you have like Kawhi shooting all the mid rangers and it's like, oh, then those a bit different. Yeah. What's the problem there then? Uh, some of it's the format of their team is like their their whole thing is their jump shooting team. But then they don't like John Wall. I think like could help if he's healthy enough with creating those shots for people. But it's not like they've got a Doncic, LeBron yeah. level creator not for these got guys. Great playmaker. Um, yeah, and also the thing is with those playmakers is they then get free throw attempts most of the time. Yeah. Neither Paul George nor Kawhi, even if they are playing, are guys that are going to get like 10, 12 free throws. No, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Building around two wings end up with a kind of a different kind of team. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how they've done it. Um, I'm just not, I'm not sure how it's going to translate. And also that the it's then dependent on that star power. That yeah. If you're going to take loads of like long twos, that they're being taken by like awesome players rather than just random guys taking the long twos. Yeah, which then makes you even more vulnerable to Kawhi's like lack of playing time. Yeah, Kawhi being an occasional basketball player. Yeah. Um, uh, should we move on to some more, you know, the other end of teams that have outperformed expectations. Um, yes. 
So I'll be right quickly with talk about the Jazz, as they are six and two. Which is just amazing. They deserve a mention at least. Yeah. Um yeah, basically don't know if the front office want them to be six and two. <laughs> They're shooting the most three point attempts per game in the league as part of it. Um What's weird though with this roster, because of all the stuff they just like got back in these trades. Um like they actually have like a sneakily deep roster as well of just like NBA players. Yeah. Um and then Laurie Markham was amazing in uh, international play in the summer and has now been like the guy that the Bulls thought they had many years ago. Um like that that's the thing that's happened somehow. Kelly Olinick as well, Jordan Clarkson's like doing stuff. Um Yeah, it's it's really cool that they've started with this. I like you said, I think it's one of those where they're gonna have to trade more people because there's a risk they're gonna win too many games. Yeah, I mean yeah, as you say, you look at their roster, like they've got you know, there there is some stuff there. Like they've still got Mike Conley. And um well John Clarkson's just a good scorer. Colin Sexton. Yeah. And then Laurie Markham being like actually good at things. It's like a, a big plus for them. And I mean hasn't um yeah, Alinic has just been shooting lights out so far. And Which these are not, not going to sustain, obviously. But but they've got two big men that can shoot, and they've basically like spaced the floor out. Yeah, go go crazy. I think that genuinely, they might have to trade people like quite soon because again, super early, six wins in how ugly this tanking might get to try and get Wembanyama. Yeah, that's that's too they, many. They, isn't it? they don't they don't want to win that many more games. Like there's there's going to be teams, there's going to be I think multiple teams under twenty wins this year. Although weirdly, a few of the candidates like the Spurs, of course, are also five and two. Um, Kelda Johnson, Devin Vassell, loads of good stuff happening there. So maybe it's not going to be quite that ugly. But then the Magic are one and six, and the Rockets are one and yeah, seven. Yeah, they're, they're off to no lead. And they've cause they've got off, off to an absolute flyer. Um, but touching on those teams, actually. This is not like a shock as such. It's just one thing that's been amazing as our season. How like high level the young talent is in the league at the moment. And I mean, I mean like not just Jar and Zion, like the yeah. guys are already mega stars. But like Bancaro is just breaking all these records straight away. He's playing with Franz Wagner, who was amazing in the summer. And while he's not actually started the year that well, it's just like the, that's such a good forward pairing. Cade Cunningham has been awesome as like a scorer and a playmaker with the Pistons already. Tyrese Maxey had a massive night the other night again. Anthony Simons again picking up the slack while Lillard's injured. Shaden Sharp with him looks like he's going to be a lot of fun. And I mean, that list like goes on forever. Like I said, yeah. the two Spurs guys as well. Well, and I guess the, um, the two frontrunners rookie of the year last year too. Yeah. You've got so many guys who are like first, second year, third year players who are already like sort of looking all starish. Yeah. It's it's like a kind of a change of an era, isn't it? It feels like at the moment in the NBA potentially. Well, yeah. KD and LeBron's teams in complete and utter chaos. Yeah. I mean, LeBron is actually very... 
very old now. I mean, you know, yeah, it's Wednesday. Yeah. And even, um, even between that, like the guys between LeBron and, I mean, LeBron's so old that there's basically old guys who are like a decade younger than him now. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, he's quite a bit younger than him, but he's 34. Um, but yeah, like, like, yeah, like, well, like we said about the Clippers a minute ago, like the other guys of that kind of generation, I guess, like Kawhi and Paul George are kind of that generation. And I mean, the Clippers haven't. They obviously could still turn around again this year, but you know they've not. They've not done anything really, have they? The last few years, it's like who knows? Are they going to actually be like a factor in like postseason and championships and stuff? Yeah, it feels like that. Like I, I don't know exactly how old Kawhi is, but because of the injuries, it kind of doesn't matter. But almost that group, they've definitely been superseded at least because the reg it's like you get to an age where you can lead a team to a title but you don't win regular season MVP anymore. Yeah. Like so Kawhi Steph's that window. 31. So he's not that old but but his, his say, body yeah, is like doesn't play regular season games so who knows. Yeah and it's like that that group around that age and obviously Yanis and Jokic winning the MVPs recently and Embiid there's this group of guys that, in the regular season at least, and obviously with Yanis particularly, just the best player like in the league by miles, I think, at the moment. Um, those guys have really taken over there, and there's still, like Steph just did, and you still kind of get, like, maybe even LeBron, if you had the right team and you went into the playoffs now, yeah. you'd still be like, yeah, I think you might you'd be tempted to take LeBron's team. Um, and perhaps with Kawhi if he was healthy. There's like a transition, isn't there, where the young guys take over the regular season and then eventually some of them start to take over the playoffs, which, yeah, Yanis has kind of yeah. led the way on that. Um, I guess in some ways as well, though, like like you said, those MVP guys, MVP contenders last couple of years, and some of the young guys coming through, or like the really exciting ones as well, particularly, kind of moved away a bit from like the wing dominance which, I mean, before the last couple of years, for about a decade, it was all about wings, wasn't it? Really? I mean, yeah. It's, you still have, obviously, it's still quite important to have a good wing on your team, but a lot of the most dominant guys are not, you, not wings at all. Well, it's because we've got bigs who can play, yeah. can do all the wing stuff. Yeah, and then, and then even the guys that are like the size of wings are, well, like Doncic. Like he's, he's not really just a wing, is he? Or Cade. Cade's the same thing. Yeah. Scotty but Barnes, actually. Scotty Barnes, like he may well end up playing point guard for quite a lot of his career. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird. Maybe, maybe it's just how these guys are being used or while they're like being developed because maybe at like a lower level, it's now kind of like it doesn't matter how tall you are, of like we're just going to use the guy who's actually the best player to hold the ball yeah if you're the best player you can have the highest usage rate it doesn't really matter if you're like the yeah, biggest guy, the smallest the guy. guy yeah yeah and i think even the fact that like obviously you're always going to have some star guards around but like moran and trey young still when it comes to playoff time there are i think fair questions about um whether around the, how easy it is around those guys to actually build a winning team uh, which we've yeah. covered a lot on here, so like without going over the same ground, 
because um, that's a slightly different thing. Is like I think we know, like if you have obviously if you have someone like Yanis or like Zion, even with some of his defensive deficiencies, those big guys you can kind of find a way around it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've kind of gone a bit off topic there, to be honest. Yeah, it was fun though. About there's just loads of like there's a lot of very very awesome players in the NBA at the moment. Yeah. I mean, well, when Banyama coming is like also another guy who doesn't really fit into those normal categories necessarily. Oh, I think I touched on this earlier, or it might be in one of the many recordings we lost. I'm not sure. But um, of one of the, a pair of young players I didn't get to mention then was um, Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin, who Matherin has been coming off the bench and scoring like a thousand points every 36 minutes for the Pacers. But part of the reason it'd be good if they trade Heald and Turner is if they just go all in on this youth stuff. Because basically Halliburton, he might lead the lead in assists, lead the league in assists, rather, this year. Matherin is like box office. And they would sort of be the most fun to get Wembenyama. I mean, it's fun whoever gets Wembenyama, basically. But I just think that'd be really cool. The Pacers who yeah. like really re refuse to ever properly tank. And then they kind of end up tanking not quite by mistake, but they sort of like just get so bad they end up tanking. And then they get Wemba Nyama to go with those two. That would be like a hell of a team going forward. Yeah, they've done a good job of it, haven't they? This kind of rebuild thing. Um, well, like you, I guess like you say, they don't tank, but they have, then they have got these guys, well, those two guys mostly, to kind of um, build around. They've, Another got, one they've got upside, basically. They've managed to get some upside without just being awful. For like five years. There's another team that did that, mainly through the absolutely bonkers Vucevic trade, which just gets worse by like the day. The Magics, they've now got the Bancaro-Wagner pairing. Wendell Carter Jr. as well. The Bowl Bowl thing, which is just so much fun. They kept Bamba. Oh, I'm not sure why they they don't seem like they need him, but like that's a player they can use in a deal or whatever. They've got all these backcourt guys that that seems a bit of a mess. They could really do with yeah, like got a ridiculous amount of young point guards, haven't they? And none of them have really made a claim to like deserve being the starter. They could do with like some lottery luck and get a guard, but they've basically the thing was when they tore it down. They didn't actually have that much to tear down because they were so much in the middle. It was basically they'd flipped Fournier for a few seconds, I think it was. Aaron Gordon went and they got RJ Hampton and a Nuggets pick. And then it was the Vucevic deal where they could get another pick this year from that. And they so that, that deal got them Wendell Carter Jr. and Franz Wagner. Yeah. And they've managed to so they managed to pivot. I know their results are actually really bad to start the year. But with those sort of teams, you're just looking at like the performance of the players. And Bancaro looks amazing. He looks like a like five year NBA player already. Like bullying grown men and like creating for other people and scoring himself, getting loads of free throw attempts, all of the things you want him to do. And they've yeah. done that in like no time. And they didn't have to they didn't have like Paul George to send to the Clippers and get that haul in return. They just like traded Vucevic and like just absolutely worth a dream. I mean, I guess it's that's the luck, isn't it? A bit. Yeah. Um, well, with the lottery, and also then 
that guy then being good straight away. Yeah, that does help, admittedly. Um, sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent. I just got, got a bit too okay. giddy there. There's another good young player, actually, Josh Giddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's mainly been tangents for the last, like, 10 minutes or so. <laughs> so I'm not sure where we are anymore. Uh, another surprise team. I feel like we've, we've mentioned all the teams now. Oh, one I've got... I. I kind of mentioned this already. Well, Portland are worth are worth mentioning. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's look at Portland then. Let's have a little look at Portland. Thank you. Yeah, and better than was expected, really. Yeah, uh, five and one. At the moment, beat some actual good teams. And this uh, is they've won they've won that one without Lillard as well, which is significant. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like for them. It, well, they gave Anthony Simons loads of money, didn't they? The off season. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that does seem like there's probably as a small market team that was probably the right decision. Um, with the kind of player he's turning into, uh, and really, it's like he's. He's basically ended up being like this. Well, he's just replaced CJ McCollum. It's almost like it doesn't matter that they lost CJ McCollum. But yeah. a better three point shooter, like a quicker, quick yeah. trigger three point shooter. He got scorching the other day. I think it was five or six threes in a quarter. Um, this is without Gary Payton playing as well, which was like one of their ways of putting defense around Dame. Yeah. Because that, that is the one thing, is the defence. I mean, so far it's been pretty good, but that's been their struggle in the last few years. Um, but I guess, even without the defence, to be honest, I mean, if their defence is hopefully a little bit better, that Lillard-Simons combination means, like, you know, if they're fit, they could, they'll probably end up having a pretty decent regular season, even if it doesn't lead to much beyond that. Well, it's what Lillard has basically done um, is like you like if you've got Gobert, your defense is just a certain amount of good in the regular season. Is Lillard's his track record with their offense? Basically, if he plays like eighty percent of the games or whatever, they're just like a top ten offense or better. They're also like a bottom five defense as well. That's the problem. Yeah. So well, that that but that gets you to like your playoff team doing that pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the, the question will always be, and I'm sure we'll end up talking about this more if they keep winning games like this, is, like you said, they've basically replaced CJ McCollum. That's always a part of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> like they, they didn't They've they still didn't get got very a far with that. But yeah. I did also think with the whole... So Lillard was out loads last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think I've started seven there before. I kind of thought they... Maybe before that injury, like they, they should have just been trading him. Anyway, it looked like, you know, they're kind of, I mean, they've they tried yeah. quite a lot of times with Lillard. Um, and I guess if you're only thinking about winning titles, it was kind of like, yeah, it's difficult to see how they kind of make that next step. Um, but yeah, I mean, without any Simons, they're basically back in the position they were a few years ago. 
potentially where they're like a good team, um, but got too many vulnerabilities to seem like. They've got slightly better pieces next to them, though, in like Grant, Hart, and Peyton. They've at least got a little bit. It's not enough, like you say, it's not enough to put them like even really in the title mix at all, I think. But I guess it's better. And as you said, it's, it's not. It's not a binary thing like win title or everything's a failure. Yeah, get a sense that they don't work like that, do they? In Portland. No, and it's good to have at least some franchises that are like that. I think because otherwise you do end up with this just complete chasm. Like the way that both conferences now, you think like at least ten teams are like definitely good competitive teams. The thing is, in those groups teams, there's only like a handful that can actually win the title. Yeah. And if they, it was all like title or bust, you'd end up with like two or three blowing it up midway through the season. Yeah, every year. Uh, which could also be fun in some ways, but... Oh, I think we, we might get that from someone this year. There's a chance yeah. someone in like a couple of months just pivots and like, if they've got their own pick, yeah. maybe. Yeah. All right. I think we need to wrap up. Um, we've covered a lot. A lot of tangents, but you know, if you enjoyed it, um, like it. Can you like the podcast somewhere? Don't know. Subscribe at least. Yeah, subscribe, follow, download, all that stuff. Review. That's the helpful one. Yeah. Yeah, if they're five star. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can subscribe on like most platforms: Spotify, iTunes whatever the other podcast platforms are. Uh, I think we're on them. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go and find us. You search Franchise Sports Talk Basketball in the search bar. Um, so yeah, goodbye. Bye. Bye.